Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Whitley, and you're tuned in to another Wondering Whitley session. I just wanted to hop on here real quick and remind you that you have to advocate for yourself. And what I mean by that is that if you aren't your biggest cheerleader, if you aren't sitting on the front back and the wheels of your own bandwagon, if you're not willing to stand with a sign saying hey this is me this is what I want this is what I stand for this is what I'm about this is what I refuse to accept this is what's going down in this space on this business on this day nobody else is going to hold that standard for you nobody else is going to be your biggest cheerleader nobody else is going to root and shout from the mountaintops what you want better than you can and why is this important to be your biggest advocate and to advocate for yourself well because if you don't you likely won't get what you want or you'll continue to be a victim of just random situations or feeling like you're a victim in your own success like you don't have a say And what really got me thinking about this today is because I'm in a lot of little Facebook groups that are about teaching and things like that. Well, I'm in one that my mentor from New York created. So it's a lot of and it's for dance educators specifically. And they're all in New York. I'm the only one in Texas because when I got inducted in there, I was still in New York. So a teacher got on today and she was like, hey. What are your what are you all suggestions if you have a child who doesn't want to take off their shoes for dance? And so we all put in our suggestions. I know I put my suggestion on there and I do that by anything dealing with attire. I've made it a part of their professionalism grade for a week. We're required at my school to give students two grades a week. And so I give them a professional. Attire is a part of it, but we go over shoes and not having shoes on the floor from the very first day, even the first week when we weren't even dancing. And this is also an expectation that the parents know about. And so whatever I suggested, she was like, "Okay, well, the writing part of your rubric might be a little hard because I teach elementary. And I was like, "Okay, cool. Just add some pictures and just make sure. At the end of the day, the most important thing it seems like for you, though, is really being adamant about what your rules are and letting the parents know as well. And then making it a part of your grading system in some way, whether, you know, if you're in elementary, whether it's them pulling a car like, you know, your age group best, because in my mind, I've only worked with elementary like part time or when I was student teaching, I've never had to work with them full time to grade them to know what system would be best. I can only like give suggestions over like sheets or how to communicate with that age group and with their parents. So a lot of other people was giving suggestions and I walked away thinking like, dang, like if you don't advocate for why this is a rule you're going to keep on putting up with resistance and feeling like you're a victim to this one student or couple of students in every class 
that just don't want to take off their shoes and you just got to put up with it. And I see, I've seen and because I've I subbed for like two years and the first year I subbed, I subbed a lot of dance. And I remember walking in one high school and the teacher was actually there because she came in the morning to pick up some stuff. And she was like, and we knew each other. We actually knew each other from college. And she was like, oh, I didn't know you was a sub for the district. I may have to call on you because she knew I'm a dancer and whatnot. That's how we knew each other. And she walked out and she was like, well, this period is going to be good for you because this is my drill team period. But this, this and this period I hate them. And she said it with so much vigor. And I was like, why you say that? And she was like, cause they don't, they don't dance or anything like that. Like they, you know, I feel like pulling teeth when I'm teaching them. And so, you know, that wasn't the first time I've heard something like that or that a teacher felt like that about some of their classes, because, you know, if you're on a high school level here, we have a thing in Texas called Drill Team, which is really their dance department is based on a big dance team that really dances at football teams. Then they go to competition. They have competition season. I know that's not popular in other states. That's why I'm explaining it. But those dance teachers still have regular classes like elective periods that students just may be thrown in there to get a PE credit. They ain't necessarily pick the class. And then they might have one period where, you know, a majority, a great majority of those students pick to be in dance. So you have a lower level of resistance, but you may have two or three sections where PE was full and they still need a PE credit. So now they in your dance class. <laughs> and that's not always ideal for many dance teachers who really only have experience teaching or learning in environments where everybody wanted to be there. And I'm bringing this up because in every classroom I've walked in like that, I can tell what the, what the teacher's standards are and what she's allowed to progress and go on by the time I get in that class. Like if I get a lot of, as a sub, if I get a lot of, um, you know, they come in like they know they not dancing, regardless of who was there or not, or they just come in and ask for book work. It's like that teacher has kind of given up on the standard of we not doing no book work. You either dancing or you fell in this class. And that has been my standard. And that's my standard because one book work puts more work on me. I'm going to have to grade. I'm going to have to assign it. I'm going to have to find it. Like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> who doing that? Not me. But there are many teachers who relent to doing that. And it doesn't make them bad. I'm not saying this to criticize. What I'm saying it is they become a victim of their own classroom because they stopped in some way advocating for themselves and being adamant about what they really wanted. And doing all that they can to make sure admin was behind that initiative, to make sure they were behind it 100% and to make sure the parents and the students understood what was going on. And the reason I'm even more confident about 
this being a standard and this is just a side note i'm using dance and teaching as an example because that's what i do but of course you can apply this to any area of life but when i was doing my student teaching with my mentor she she taught collegiate but she also taught high school and i remember sitting in a parent teacher conference and she had a young man in her class i think he was like a sophomore and he was in dance and in this first parent teacher conference of the year they were probably like at a nine week period he was failing the class at that point but he was going to be in there all year for his section and he played basketball outside the school and so his parents at first came in there adamant about you know think they about to get with my mentor about like why is he feeling dance this is ridiculous and so my mentor slowly pulled out the syllabus that they had signed. The parents had signed. I guess they forgot about it or they just kind of quickly signed. And she pulled out the sheet that she also makes the students sign. And she read them the section about the dress code, about participation and the very simple expectation. And she outlined she pulled out a work folder. She was like, he's not even doing the, the written work assignments. When he comes in here, he comes in here and sits on the side or I have to, you know, say something to him about dressing out. So this is why his grade is like this. And the parents couldn't do nothing but sit back and look at this at their son like. You making it seem like she got you in here twirling and. It's just so hard for you to pass this class. And they couldn't say anything because she wasn't relenting on her standard. She don't care who the student was. She don't care what any parent came in there and said. The standard was the standard. And she had made it because she had been at that school at that time for like nine years. I think she spent 11 years there advocating for her program. She made it to where. Three of her sections got to be auditioned. They got to audition for, which was really hard to do when you're scheduling in a public school. Like she really advocated for her program. And that showed me the possibilities of when you got to stand behind whatever it is that you say. And sometimes you have to teach people. For me specifically, sometimes you got to teach the admin what a dance class should look like and what you need and why the rules are the rules. Sometimes you have to teach the parents what's expected and keep reiterating why this is important and why it affect their grade. Like this year, I'm emailing parents every single weekend. Last year, I did not do that. And even this year, I did not plan on doing that. But it's because I'm very adamant that is some of my sixth grade classes. I see all of my classes except two of them every single day. Two of them I see either Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and I see one of them Tuesday and Thursday. And that's two of my sixth grade classes, and I teach three sixth grade classes. And so I put in an email today, hey, it's these classes particularly where I have a good amount of students who are still forgetting their clothes. So parents are going into the fifth week at this point. Start checking their bags in the morning or at night if you pack their bag at night and just ask them before they walk in the door. Hey, you got dance today? Do you have your dance clothes? So I'm putting it back on the parents because I'm telling the students every single day. I'm also saying to parents, hey, if you see your student's grade is below a 90, 
every consistently every single week in professional practice likely is because they're forgetting their clothes and it's affecting their grade. So I'm saying this to the parent. I'm CCing my admin on everything and I'm saying it to the kids. So these are three points of contact I'm hitting and I'm saying it daily and then weekly. Because I'm not relenting on what it is that I want in my classroom. And if it takes this whole eight weeks for it to get down, I'm fine with that. Just as long as if it take eight weeks and then for the rest of the year we're good and we're smooth selling, it's cool. But if I would have get given up in a third week like, dang, I'm still having a remind and a dress up. I might as well just push this rubric to the side because I had that feeling at first like, okay, this is going to be a lost cause. It's too much. And it's like, no, I had a student after four weeks now. And it's crazy because he participate every class. He's in one of my Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes. And I know he don't want to be in there, but he's actually a really good mover and a really good leader. He finally dressed out for the first time after four weeks. And what he said was, because I had them fill out their own grade sheet, he was like, I'm tired of putting 75s or 50s on this paper. This is my first 100. And to hear him say that, and I was like, you did a good job. And the only reason he kept getting 75s was because he was getting zero points for appropriate attire. But had I like relented, and like, oh, I'm going to give him these points because he's at least dancing. He's also a leader in class. Like, I, he was never going to get to that point where it's like, I'm tired of writing down a 75. I'm tired of not doing my best when I could be getting a 100 if I just change my clothes. <laughs> you know, so I'm using these as an example because even in relationships, Sometimes you may want a certain thing, whether you want more quality time, whether you want friends who appreciate you more or who are on the same level as you or whether you want a man to respect you or you want something different in your relationships. You have to advocate for yourself. And at all costs, you can't be afraid to speak up and then walk away if it get that bad or need be but you have to do what's possible to make sure like you're not coming down from the standard that you really want because you're not seeing quick results or because people aren't acclimating the way you want to at first or in the timetable you want to because when you're making changes you have to be firm on what it is that you want and you may have to stick with it for a while to prove to everybody who's standing watching around that you mean business and you're not accepting anything less than what you said or what it is that you want. Because if you stop advocating for yourself, ain't nobody else going to hop on a bandwagon and don't know where it's going. <laughs> That's why they call it a bandwagon because people hop on when they start seeing the results of what everybody else or one person was advocating for. And so you got to be in the driver's seat of that bandwagon and let people hop on or get left in the dust and have to catch up with it when they realize ain't no other car coming. <laughs> and it's all about what you want. But when you stop advocating for yourself, you stop advocating for your schoolwork, you stop advocating for what you need at your job or what you want, you stop advocating for your salary, you stop advocating 
for the relationships you want in your life or what you want out of the relationships, you're going to continue to get the short end of the stick. Nobody's going to hand you anything. Nobody's going to be like, oh, they do deserve this. Let me go ahead and give it to them because everybody's going to be worried about themselves. Even if they stop and think about you, you want to put yourself on the forefront. You want to make sure you are not becoming a victim of any circumstance or becoming a prisoner, you know, to other people's ideas or situations or what they want to do or what they want to give you because you're afraid to be firm about what it is that you want and what it is that you will not accept. And sometimes you may feel like, oh, that's me or that's doing too much or I don't want to be a pest about it. Be a pest about it. I know I've had to email my principal. I emailed her about three times about the same thing. And I'll say, hey, I really don't want to pester you on this. But at this point, you messing with my pay. I need you to go ahead and do 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 this task. You know what I'm saying? And I, it's to the point, OK, if I have to go above you. I don't know who that is, but, you know, I don't, I look at everybody as a person. I don't look at, like, I'm a respect authority, but I'm at a point in my life where I look at everybody as a person, you know, so we can't be afraid to advocate for ourselves and go about things respectfully while at the same time, don't bite your tongue because you're afraid to speak up. You, or you're afraid to ask for what you want or you're afraid to advocate that you deserve to be paid this because this is the value that you're bringing. You deserve to be given this respect because this is what the respect that you're giving. You, de you deserve to be heard out. You deserve to have these type of rules and these type of standards. So you can't be afraid to advocate for yourself and make sure that whatever it is that you want is yours and you're going to stick beside it. <laughs> it's yours and you're going to stick beside it. So whatever it is that you're wanting or that you're advocating for, make sure it's worth standing behind. Make sure it's worth leaving people in the dust if it comes to that. Make sure it's worth if I got to walk away, I'm willing to because the principle that I'm standing on is so strong and I'll die about that. If it's something that you really want or believe in, make sure it's it's a rule you're willing to stand by. Just going as simple as the rules in my classroom. These are things I'm willing to stand by because I understand if I don't set these simple rules, which to me are simple I'll never have order in my class. I'll never be respected in my position because people going to do what they want. They're going to do the, They're going to take the easiest route possible if you allow people to, especially in your life, when it's dealing with your stuff, when it's dealing with your time. People going to respect it to the degree, the degree that you require them to. And that's just people. That's just life. I remember having a, um, and I'll leave y'all with this. I remember having a professor in undergrad and man, she's so sweet. To this day, we have a personal relationship. 
she was one of those professors that was just so nice. And the reason I use the word nice instead of kind, because sometimes I think they can be used differently. But she would have a syllabus that had due dates or she would say things that she required, but she never stood by what she said or what she wanted. Like she was saying her syllabus, I'm not taking in late work, but sure enough, throughout the whole year, if she got tried on it, oh, okay, oh, boo bears, like she was real lenient about it. And people, the students, even myself began to understand like, okay, she going to take late work. But this professor over here, when she says she don't take late work, she mean it. So if I got to choose between the two, now that I procrastinated on both of their assignments, I'm going to do this professor over here because I know she means she not taking it. And I'm going to be repeating this class. Now, this professor, she going to take it late. And even though I hate giving her late work, I know she going to take it. And. I know you've met people like that or been in situations like that or even you've been that person, you know, where you felt like you were being taken advantage of. And if you've ever felt like that, like I know I have, I had to learn to have boundaries. I had to learn to stand by whatever it is that I said I wanted, whatever it is I said I'm about, whatever it is that I said is going to go, it goes. Whatever I said, not going to go, don't pass go, don't collect $200. And if ain't nothing else taught me that, teaching has really taught me that because kids will test the boundaries you got and they will show you where you don't have boundaries real quick. <laughs> real quick. And even collegiate students. You'll you'll say 50 times I don't take late work. And even in this first week, I've got I know you don't take late. And that'd be the first line. I know you don't take late work, but I'm just seeing if no. And I have to give them a hard press. No, it don't matter what the excuse is. And my first year of doing that, you know, I was kind of lenient. Then my second year when I made the rule, I would waver back and forth. But I got used to just saying no, no, no. No, no, because sometimes those boundaries well, not sometimes oftentimes those boundaries are there to protect your sanity, to protect your peace, to not create more work than you already got on your plate because you matter too. I got a lot of stuff on my plate. So the rules that I make, they are for my sanity. They are for my peace. They are for because I don't want to have graded everybody else's paper and then leave it open for the five students who keep missing class for the collegiate sector. Or I don't want to have to keep sweeping this floor behind every class because you get to wear your shoes. Or I don't want to have to spend an extra time planning two or three alternate assignments because you talking about you don't want to dance. Like this stuff is not optional. <laughs> so sometimes you got to get a hard no in a very definite yes in your spirit so that you can be consistent with advocating for yourself in all areas of life or you will be a victim to what everybody else wants to give you. And what I'm telling you is they not going to want to give you much because that is just human nature. We're going to do the bare minimum. 
where we can do the bare minimum and we're going to excel where we're required to excel unless you just have a person who got that in their spirit to excel on their own because of their own personal goals and initiative. And I will tell you, those type of people are far and in between. So if you want to stop feeling like you're being taken advantage of, if you want to take full control of your life, you have to find some standards, boundaries that you're going to stick beside, stand beside, and that you believe in no matter what. And that you feel, even if you don't feel confident, you'll grow in the confidence to continue to advocate for yourself. Because it's really, you grow the confidence by doing it. You grow the confidence by consistently asking for it, by by holding the standard, holding a boundary. And then when it's tested, you standing on what you said. That's where your confidence grows. Because I'll tell you, when I first started doing it, I, my heart will be beating fast. So I'll be feeling like, dang it, I made the right decision. Like, I had all of that. But after a while, it was just like, mm, nope, nope, I said what I said and I meant it. They'll fill this class. Try me if you want to. I'll walk away. Try me if you want to. <laughs> so is it? you got to get that in, in, in your spirit that hard no in that definite yes let your no be no let your yes be yes that's biblical um so that's what i have y'all for y'all tonight advocate for yourself because you know all you got is you and you at the end of the day and people are going to rise or fall to what you require them to So I love y'all so much. And remember, get in alignment and receive your assignment. Talk to you soon.